Patriot Trading News Hour of Joe's flight was canceled coming home. <laughs> so one more day of, of the Jason version of Patriot Trading News Hour. Uh, man, things are rock and roll, and uh, gold's down a little bit. Silver's down. Eh, it, silver's almost back to normal. Silver's uh, sitting around nineteen dollars an ounce. Gold is at seventeen forty. But uh, I am Jason Walker. Uh, Joe Jaquin is not here today. We are the Patriot Trading Group. Let me just give you that phone number. You can go to the website, allamericangold.com. Joe lowered the prices today for some of the lower uh, gold. Uh, gold's gone lower the last couple of days, so he's he's got the, the regular prices. I don't have a special loaded today, but keep on listening. You never know what will happen by mid-show. Uh, give us a call at 800-951-0592. If you've not listened to us before and you're like, hey, there's a gold show, I don't have a lot of specific gold information for today's show, but you can always call the ladies over there, get some pricing, you can go to allamericangold.com, uh, take a look at our website. Uh, lots of good information there, stories to look, to watch. And uh, if you want to buy, uh, give us a call, 800-951-0592. Now, I got a very popular clip that I put on the radio station, uh, The Occult Art of Law. It's, it's this guy, Alan of Salisbury. It's, it's a... Uh, a speech he gave, impromptu speech. He was actually pulled out of the audience because somebody canceled. And they said, hey, can you can you do a speech to fill the space for us? And he wanted to, he decided, okay, he did a 49-minute speech. We're only going to be able to run the entire speech today, but we'll get a, I'm going to put in a, a bunch of it. And uh, he talks about the elites, the globalists, the, the central bankers, the stuff that Joe and I talk about, and the system that they have put into place. Uh Really, by the 1900s, when they really put this system in place, and how the average citizen gives away their freedoms, gives away their liberties, you sign it away. It's 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 not that they are taking it from you; it's that you are actually, basically, uh, snookered into into giving away. And and this is one of the one of the uh, things I put on the weekend schedule. I get every single week. I have to answer phone calls and emails. What was that thing I just heard? It's the occult art of law. It was uh, the last one. I'm going to put a couple of minutes. I'm going to start a speech here as, as we hit these commercial breaks. I'll keep filling it in. Really good stuff. You can find it at Rumble. I believe you might be able to find this at uh, BitChute. But uh, take a listen about uh, how the world really works. You know, some of the stuff when you hear Jason's a little different than Joe. This is some of the, the source materials. Is you know some of the stuff I go to that, that explains it better than I do. Myself on this subject called law, I found it very interesting. One of the first guys I met was a guy called John Harris. Some of you may know him. He's uh, passed away uh, last year, and we became friends. It was only through knowing him and doing a lot of research that I realised just how much hold law has over us and our lives and the way we think and the assumptions we, we make. There's a whole different language. It's known as legalese. This sounds like English, but it isn't. It's got very specific, well-defined meanings, which is why it takes so long to get a legal qualification. And I guess I'd better start at the beginning. On one side you've got law, and on the other side you've got legal. And they're two entirely different things. Never the twain shall meet, really. To make it quite simple, all acts, statutes, 
instruments and what is legal is not law. It's only given the force of law if you consent. Okay? So that just goes on to one side. Legislation are the rules of a corporation. Whereas law is kind of natural, it's something you're born with. It's like, as a child, you, most of us know the difference between right and wrong. It's one of those reasons why I guess they don't want to teach law in school. Because children already know the difference between right and wrong. I mean, if you were going to be taught what law was, then you'd know the difference between right and wrong, and you'd be able to see through the kind of society we're living in now. So there are good reasons why they don't want to teach you law from a very young age. Believe it or not, we used to have a culture that did teach law at a very young age, um, but that was you know, quite a few thousand years ago now, and you've got to do quite a serious bit of digging to find that. So law is what we have, the last vestiges of that, uh, what's known as common law. And, and if you ask a lawyer what law is, he'll probably say, well, law is law. But law is basically rules, maxims, bars, that have remained uncontested over time. That's his, uh, his, his, you know, his definition of law. Rules, maxim, bars, and standards that have remained uncontested over time. So... We get back to the break. We'll go do a little bit more of Alan from Salisbury. This was a speech in Birkbeck College in London uh, just some years ago. So uh, when we get back, hold on to your hats. You're going to feel uh, a little sick when you find out that uh, we actually give away our freedoms more than they're taken from us. Patriot Trading News Hour. That's right. Well, sometimes what we believe is our freedoms can be kind of fake. We got. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of occult art of law. I'm going to jump into it and, and run some minutes off. It's the Alan of Salisbury. And uh, you're going to like it. It's, uh, it'll challenge your brain. Here we go. All right, that's the important bit. They've been uncontested over time. So what we have now, let's go through some, some of these words, and I'll translate them into English, and then you can see how profound their meaning really is. If we take the first one, the first word is registration. We're told to registrate so many times. We buy a piece of software. It's not going to work until we register it. Uh, our cars registered. Our children are registered. Um, all kinds of things. We're registered. This word, we're letting somebody know that we exist or something when we register. We register to vote. What does it mean in legal terms? It's a very specific meaning. When you register something... You are giving away whatever you are registering to whoever you're registering it with. Let that sink in because it's really profound. Register means you are giving away whatever you are registering to whoever you're registering it with. So you buy a piece of software, it doesn't work until you register it. So you register it, which means you're giving it away. And they're saying, okay, well you can have it back with a magic secret code, but only under our terms and conditions of use. What we'll do is we'll grant you a license. And if you're in breach of that license, then there's consequences for that. Sounds bizarre, isn't it? You buy something, you think, well, that's mine. I'll buy that, it's mine, it's fine. Uh, no, in order to, to read it, you've got to give it back. But I've already paid for it. And when you read it, there are terms and conditions in applied to how you read it, 
and maybe what information you divulge from what you've read. So you can see it's a way of tying you up. But let's go on a bit further. Let's look at this word application. It's one of those things we do a lot to get a job. Application. 17th century translation to that, as it is today. Application means you are a beggar. And it's presumed you know what you're giving up in order to get what you're begging for. Submit. It's not like, oh, I'll submit this to you. Submit means you bend to another's will. So if you submit an application to register, what you've done in terms of legal is you've given up all your rights voluntarily. Because remember there's laws against slavery, but there isn't any law against voluntary slavery. We've been deceived, and it is a deception, it's an immaculate deception really, when you start getting to the bottom of it. Let's go to the next bottom line here. What else do you register? Well, you register your birth, don't you? Your birth is registered and you get a certificate. And if you look at that certificate, and it's an incredible document really, when you start reading it with legal eyes, you just think, oh, it's got the mother's name in it. It hasn't got the mother's name, it says informant. And on the back of it, remember it's got the Crown Corporation logo on it, by the way, the Crown is a corporation, it's not the Queen. On the back of it, it says, this is not proof of identity. Well, you think how many documents are derived from that birth certificate? Your driving license, your passport, your NHS thing, all of it comes from it. So, if it's not proof of identification, what does it mean legally? So, you're kind of left with this conundrum. Well, 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 well I've, I've registered my birth, I've got this bond back. Bond. Bond is an abbreviated word. Where do you think the word bond comes from? It's really obvious. It comes from bondage. You've been registered. When you register something, you give something away. You've been given into bondage to the Crown Corporation. This is legally what it means. If you're given into bondage to the Crown Corporation, and we can prove it because there's a certificate that says that's the case, what does that mean? What's the bottom line here? Well, I'll go back to a little bit of history now. I haven't got anything behind me. But those of you who used to play Monopoly probably can remember that. A pound sign used to kind of be like this and it had two lines through it. Remember that? And the dollar sign had kind of like this S and it had two lines through it. So it had two lines through it. Now, the pound used to be called sterling. It was called sterling for a reason. And it was based on silver. And of course, in America, the dollar had the same two lines through it, and it was all the silver dollar. That was what it was. But in 1929, the banks owned everything. They owned absolutely everything because of a thing called the Wall Street crash, which they brought about into existence. And then they also changed things. They changed the pound sign, so it had one line through it, and the dollar sign, so it had one line. So they removed one line. Well, if the banks owned everything the money in circulation then has a different value. There's something else backing it. If silver isn't backing it anymore, what is backing it? And around about the same time in 1933, a guy called Colonel House, who worked for the Rothschilds banking cartel, among other people, came up with this idea of registration. 
And he's quoted as saying, not one in a million people will work this out. Because they had to, or if the banks own everything, then the country's bankrupt. They have to find a way of carrying on business and commerce, don't they? So they need something else that, that's backing that currency. The way that it works, and I'll give you a process, because I'm a, a shrink as well, but like I've, I'll give you a process. We deal with things in terms of process, because you can get lost in content, which is the detail of things. So if I was, say, for example, uh, a dairy farmer, I'm a dairy farmer, and the bank says, sorry, Alan, you know, we've got all the money we can, we're going to foreclose on you, you're bankrupt. But good news is we'll keep you on as a manager, seeing as you know a bit about what you're doing. So we now own your farm, and you now work for us. But what we'll do is for every calf that's born, we'll extend you credit based on the milk and cheese and meat that it's going to produce in its lifetime. You register that calf with us and we'll extend you credit based on the milk and cheese and meat it's going to produce in its lifetime. Well, you are the cattle. You are those coarse. Because when your births were registered, money, it's called a fiat currency, is put into circulation and it's based on the wealth that you can create in your lifetime. Your labour. That's basically what it is. I tend to look at that term as your sweat equity. So that's what backs currency. It promises, it's a promissory note. A promissory note is a negotiable instrument. Banks deal in negotiable instruments. It gets worse. Believe you me, it gets worse. And I'm probably going a little bit too far, but I guess the point of this talk is to hopefully stimulate you guys to do your own research. So if I can throw enough stuff at you and go, what that guy said can't be true, it can't possibly be true, I'd say I'll welcome you. Do your own research and find this out for yourself because the more people that know this, how we're caught in this situation, the more people that have the knowledge about it, the easier it will be for us to get out of this trap it does get worse. It gets much worse, actually, when you look at it. For example, there's a thing with, that goes along with the birth certificate. A bond is created, obviously, a contract, and that's worth money. The original title of this talk was going to be The Occult Significance of Law, because most people don't think uh, there is anything occult about law at all. And those that would do any research would go, oh, that's absolute rubbish, Alan, that can't possibly, that. I'll totally reject that. And by rejecting it, lose the opportunity to begin to comprehend what's really going on. Because there is a very strong occult aspect to law. And the reason they dress the way they do, and the terminology and the language that they use as well. In fact, it's very much an occult art. It is, in fact, the occult art of law. To be a member of the Bar Association goes back to Venice, the Venetians, which isn't a million miles away phonetically from the Phoenicians, who were kind of a race of pirates around the Mediterranean as well. And we have our laws are broken down into different forms of laws, and one of them is called the law of the sea, and one of them in the British Empire was known as admiralty law as well, so it's very much the law of the sea.
the law of business, the law of commerce, the law of money, the law of trading. Trading in slaves, trading in bales and bonds and surety. In fact, the word courtio, which is where we derive the word court from in Roman times, means to deal in bonds and surety. If you wanted justice, you'd go to the Basilica. That's where you would get justice. Not a court. Court just deals in bales and bonds. The bench is a place if I'm a king and I own a market pace, I've got my, my guys who are on my firm there, they've got a bench and they settle the disputes in the marketplace, in the bonds and the sureties, what goes on there. If someone sold something, it's been underweight, then my guys come in and they decide what to do. And if you want to trade in that marketplace, you sign a contract. You have to be allowed, you get a license to trade. Remember I say you register, you know, something's given to you, it's taken back to you. There are now terms and conditions. If you want to trade, you have to register your business. You have to give it all away and it all comes under one heading, one big pyramid under the top of it, the Crown Corporation. They own it all, all the businesses, the whole thing, they own it all, it's registered to them, they decide what goes on. They own the money that you have. You think, this is my money in my pocket, it isn't, it's a promissory note. And your tax, some of the tax you pay, is the rent for using that. It's theirs, they own it all. It makes sense. When it's explained like this, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to pay a tax, I'm going to keep this. And they, well, you're, it's rent for the, their money. They own you, and the occult aspect of it is that they own your mind, your body, and believe it or not, they believe these guys are completely off their dials. Your soul. This is why they have all the gold, because gold is an immortal metal. This is why they like the precious, they like all that, that gold. That's why they hold it all. And that's why they circulate money. They now own everything. They have you in bondage. It's a slave-based society. And it's a voluntary slave-based society. You've volunteered. You've entered into a contract. So when you go, for example, it even gets worse. You're part of a, believe it or not, a death cult. The three forms of law. The first is the Uniform Commercial Code. Second is canon law, the Holy See, and the highest form of law, believe it or not, in this country is Talmudic law. Babylonian Talmudic law. Okay, so the first form of law deals in bonds and surety and you as a slave. And as you're owned, they can do exactly what they like to you, and that's exactly what they do. They extend the credit based on the milk and cheese. Alright, so you register to vote. I'm just outlining stuff here to hopefully stimulate your own research. You register to vote means you're giving away whatever you're registering to whoever you're registering it with. So what's the process here? Let's just look at the difference. What happens when you vote? You go in there and they give you a bunch of guys you can vote for. Alright, well he's going to go into voting as we go into the break. Uh, he showed a graphic which obviously you can't see on the radio but it showed the Vatican City is the world hub for religion. London is the world hub for finance and economics, and the uh, Washington, D.C., the world hub for military, and it's show, show, showing that a world system has been into place. They own everything. They're then going to talk about how we vote, how we vote like we're, uh, we don't even know how to read and write, uh, how we're uh, illiterate, because we vote by putting an X. Used to used to vote long years ago, you sign it. You sign, you sign your name, but 
He's going to, you know, Alan Salisbury, the cold art of law. We'll have more when we get back. Like Patriot no, Trading News Hour. Give us a call. Gold and silver. A little bit of freedom outside the control system, as uh, Alan Salisbury is talking about. Give us a call. 800 951 Stack as much as you can uh, in the crazy, wacky world we live in. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, Alan talks here, and he, he, he mentioned it himself. I'll re, uh, re-utter it. If you don't believe any of this stuff that he's saying, that, that we're really this controlled, just go look it up. When you actually go look at this information, you you open your mind to the possibilities that we were not taught, you will find that this is exactly where we're at. It's, it's, it's a pretty strong speech. Let's go. He's going he's to start talking about how uh, what a joke it is to vote. Here we go. And they say to you, you've got to put an X on the box, don't they? And you follow that and you put an X on the box. Only incompetence or illiterate people sign with an X. And what you do when you register to vote, you say, I'm giving up my responsibility. I'm illiterate and I agree, I'm a mental health outpatient and I'll prove this by marking an X on this. And what I do, I will give whoever I put that X against power of attorney. You're giving them power of attorney over your life. In other words, if you were some old guy in a mental hospital who's lost his marbles and the the lawyer says he can't manage his affairs anymore, we've got to give someone power of attorney to manage all his finance, to do everything for him, and they get him to sign, and now you give him power of attorney, that person manages your life. So not only do they own you, mind, body and soul, you've now voluntarily registered and giving them power of attorney over your life. So you basically say to them, I'm a mental health outpatient, which is why you vote in a ward, because it's a giant mental asylum. You're in a ward. If you prove to them that you're in the literature, you put the X on there, and you registered to vote, you've given away your rights, and now you've given them power of attorney. In other words, you say to them, I've let you decide what you think is best for me. If we were on a war, that's fine. I've got no say in it. And what they will do is like, should we say, the deranged young son who's managing, has got power of attorney over his great-grandmother, spending all the money on drugs and resources like that. He'll tell her what she wants to hear. What do these politicians do? They'll tell you what you want to hear. That's the way they're playing the game. Above a mental health outpatient, which you've proved yourself to be in their game, is the House of Commons. They're commoners. So you're less than a commoner. People come to me and they say, oh, about the Magna Carta, Alan, that gave us all the rights and all the other stuff. The Magna Carta deals with baron. Baron, French for free man. You're not free. You're a bonded slave. Magna Carta is only pertinent and has any meaning to somebody who's not a bonded slave. So you'd have to be in the House of Lords today to be able to have any power or sway with the Magna Carta as a baron, as a free man. And the House of Commons, people like David, they're less than that and you're right down there. You've got no rights at all. You voluntarily gave them up. You're a mental health outpatient that's given away power of attorney on a regular basis to a different bunch of guys who tell you what you want to hear and they lie to you over and over again. How much more proof can you give them that you've lost the plot? This is the way they look at it. This is the way they trick you. This is the way they deceive you. This is the way, because the way the universe works is they don't want the blame of it. They say, it's not us. Look, 
I'll prove it to you. Look, they signed here. This is your signature. Signature, that's another one. Signature means sign of nature. You proved yourself to be a living being and you've made a mark on a piece of paper called a signature that proves you've got a sign of nature because they've created a thing called a person. Person means legal fiction. Legal fiction means you become liable. All your bills are written to you in capital letters. Everything to do with money, bank, rent, commerce, everything is you in capital letters, addressed to you in capital letters. This is where you get the term capitalism from, because your life has been monetized and capitalized as a bonded slave. You are what back that currency, and you've given them power of attorney. You've given them power. You can moan, you can whinge all you like, but they'll, they'll just say no to the universe in their, their magical system. Sorry, but it's not on us. You signed, you gave us your signature, isn't it? You voted for that, you registered it. It's on you. You're responsible. It's on you. You made that decision. Not on us. We don't inherit the karma. Because the whole system works on an occult way on curses. It's an old curse system that goes back 5,000 years. It's dark magic. It's based on curses. It's based on sacrificing. It's based on blood sacrifice and all that stuff. Cursing. That's what it is. What do you think that money is? It's a curse based on your life that's been taken from you. You've been hoodwinked out of it. I mean, hoodwinked. That's a 33 and a third degree mason maybe will tell you. But you've been hoodwinked. And they're lifting the veil. And said, what I'm telling you is part of that, that process. How do you think these guys get away with stuff? If I say to you, what's your name? And you give me your name. You've basically said in legalese, oh, I'll contract with you and I'm a bonded slave. I don't have any rights. I gave them up. But if you want to think on your feet, and I'm a police officer, and I say, what's your name? And you say, what makes you think I have such a thing? Ask the question, because if you're asking, you're as king. You've got some status then. Because they all work, they act, and they behave in a manner, and it's called implied right of consent. They are going to behave in a manner that suggests to them that you've all consented, and unless you rebut that consent, Unless you stop that, unless you say, hold on a minute, I'm not consenting, I do not consent to this, I am not a name, I'm standing under common law, if you want a contract, I'll be happy to contract with you, my fee is £900 an hour, do we have a contract, yes or no? What's he going to do? I know a guy, you can find it on uh, the YouTube thing, drunk and driving, he's driving his car drunk, the police pull him over, they say, what's your name? He says, I'll be happy to accept your offer of service. My fee is £900 an hour. Right, we'll arrest you then. A little bit more uh, on the other side of the break. This is Alan of Salisbury, the occult art of law. We'll be right back. This is uh, the Patriot Trade News Hour. Yeah, put a, put a man in control, watch him become a god. That's, that's, that is... Uh, quite frankly, the uh, the elites or the controllers, whatever you call them, the globalists, uh, and they have a banking system that takes us over financially, and then uh, it's it's one freedom after another: your education system, your military system, and on and on and on. And uh, that's what uh, we're hearing from the occult art of law speech uh, from just a, a scant, I think, just a couple of years ago. Uh, it was in uh, Birkbeck College in London. It's Alan of Salisbury. Uh, we're going to get about thirty. 
minutes ish into a 49 minute speech so we're gonna just gonna play a little more here because that's what they normally do they'll kidnap you until you give them your name if you get caught on a train and you haven't got a ticket they'll kidnap you until you give them the name because they want what's a thing called joinder which is your name and address and your birthday because they want your bond they want the details of your bond they want that for a very good reason and I'll get back to that in a minute so he goes he gets arrested he goes in there and eventually they the sergeant's there, and oh, we've got this guy, he won't give us our name, we'll put him in the cell, then he's drunk, da-da-da-da-da. They let him go the next day. You yeah, the point is, is that they let him go. The reason, here's another one, that this, this, this really mind-blowing the way the whole stitch-up goes, is that bond that was created at your birth, there's a thing, fancy French word, it says, CESTA-KV, which means for the benefit of another. It was something that was created after the great fire of London when they were trying to find out all the dead people, all those people that were missing and all the other stuff. And, but on one side, but on the other side, they were trying to raise a new form of currency, of credit, because remember these guys, these Templars have done it before, how do you think they financed those big, nice Gothic cathedrals and all the rest of that with their money lending, international banking scams and all that, but that's another history. But in 1666, after the fire of London, they created a Sester KV Trust. The way they work it in terms of uh, the occult side, they say, okay, you're born, you're created by the divine. And therefore, you inherit the earth. And you inherit in abundance. If you can go on the internet, you can check it out. If we lived in the, the whole planet, 7 billion people lived in the same population density as Paris, we'd take up less than half the size of Texas. All the rest of the space on the planet would be left there. That, that would be it. Probably be crowded and horrible and all the rest of it, but that's about it. So you inherit, if you want to work it out, I, I took the time and trouble to do it actually. If you look to it, you can do it online. Work out all the nice, arable, usable land, not the desert this guy was trying to, uh, to claim, but that's there now, divided by seven billion people. Each one individual gets four areas the size of Twickenham rugby field. Alright? And that's good. That's, that's your birthright. Exactly. That's four Twickenham-sized bits of dirt. That's your birthright. But of course, your mother registered you. So they take that asset, don't they, off you? That's your birthright. It's taken from you straight away. But what they do is they monetize it because they monetize you and that asset. And that asset is supposedly from some researchers, I can't confirm it, but I know one, there's one lady that came here, she actually managed to find it, around about two million pounds. So you've got an account that you don't know anything about that's worth about two million pounds in today's money. And what happens is this. When your uh, electricity bill comes through, this is like this little check thing at the bottom, isn't there? It looks like an old-fashioned cheque, and it's got like three banks on it. Santander, National Westminster, or something like that. And it, and it says take it to a post office, fill it out, and stamp it, and all the other stuff. Okay, here, here's a little secret for those who aren't headwinked. Every debt that you incur with a corporation is zeroed, or settled, because remember, it's not real money, it's, it's credit, in 90 days. So any registered company that have got joinder, your name and address and your birthday, can apply to the Crown and settle that debt. And what they do, and this is what's financing the corporate takeover of the planet, 
is they get their bills paid for twice. They get it paid by the corporation, because corporations can print their own promissory notes or bills of exchange and negotiable instruments. But what they do is they get it from the second way of funding, which is the money they put into circulation, which is your sweat equity. So they get paid from your bond account, which you don't know anything about, and they get paid by the money that you've had to go and work for and you pay that bill off. So they get paid twice. And corporations, that's what they do. And the guys that are high up um, in the financial aspects of those corporations know this stuff. I've dealt with them. You know, and you can, you can play this stuff. You can say to the council tax or whatever it is, oh, that's already been paid. It's, it's 90 days. It's outstanding. It's been done. Tell, prove to me that it wasn't. It hasn't been paid for. And they can't. Because what they're doing is they're technically committing a fraud. Because they're asking, it's a fraudulent, isn't it? If I say, this costs that much, and you've already paid for it, and I try to get you to pay for it twice, it's fraud, isn't it? Double bubble, isn't it? It's called double bit tipping. Okay? But this is all part of the system that we're living in. You've got all this stuff, all those rights, all that economic power. The corporations are playing a game when I was a kid. It used to be called Piggy in the Middle. Corporations one side, and they've got this account, and they throw it over you, because you're down here like that, and the other one catches it. Thanks for the money, I've got that. And you don't even know you've got that account. The occult aspect of it, again, is like, when you have to go to, to court, you're actually being invited to a, a dark ritual, which is why you're summonsed. You're summoned to appear. Like you're some sort of ghost or a spirit, because that's what they think you are. Because that trust that's worth money, they don't tell you about it, but you could have reclaimed that within seven years. All right, one more segment of Patriot Trading News Hour. Stay with us. Final segment, Patriot Trading News Hour. If you want to buy a little gold and silver, uh, call for some questions, anything. Uh, numbers 800 951 0592. Uh, I'm just going to finish up with a few more minutes. Uh, like the, this is not the full speech that you're hearing today, but you can need a few more minutes here of the occult art of law. But after seven years, the law of salvage comes along and the government say, okay, well, that's, that's a wreck. Well, we'll have that. So they salvage that and they use that. So you can't get it anymore. Even though they know in the real world you're alive and flesh and blood, you know, because you've got your national insurance thing, uh, you know, you go to the NHS, they know you're physical, you know, they'll take blood from you, all the other stuff. This occult system doesn't see it. They're off their dial, these guys. Unless we begin to see that this is what's really going on, instead of just going, oh, no, this is just sounds, this is just preposterous. Absolutely preposterous. How can this possibly be the case? Unless we kind of just, you know, open up our horizons a little bit. Honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And go, okay, well, I'll entertain this for a while. I'll do a bit of research and see if there's anything what this crazy guy was talking about. Do it yourself. Check it all out. You're, you're summoned to appear in a court. Why are you summoned? Because as far as they're concerned, you didn't collect that account within seven years. So there, you're four, you're presumed dead. So if there's any liability, then they have to summon you. Because that's what you are, you're a spirit. I know it sounds absolutely barking, raving mad, doesn't it? But this is the way they do it. Because the way these guys work 
is, and they've had many, many years to do this, they know if they can control your mind, then your body will follow. And they will, con- they will use all manner of things. Just around the corner of here, there's a thing called the Tavistock Institute. Those of you that do a bit of research or do a bit of shrinky stuff like me, no, it really does some good work, but it's got some extremely dark aspects to it. And its whole founding is extremely dark. It's about mind manipulation. And really, when you start realizing how you're controlled in this system, they don't mind what religion you believe in. There is only one religion. And that's the religion of money. And they want you to believe in that more than anything else. That's what they're selling you, is that religion. You can go one day a week, if you like, to your church or whatever it is you go to and feel good about yourself. That's great, because as long as you go back the extra five days and you work, because that's your worth, that's your offering. You are handing over your will and your life to the God money. There we go. We're going to end the show, but uh, we didn't get to the part where he actually talks about how uh, money is something uh, in the the system we're in. You you can't live without it. He actually does a a comparison of all the drugs and alcohol and things, addictive substances. He says, yeah, but when it comes to that big stack of money there, everybody goes to that all the time without even thinking. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's... Interesting topic matter to think about. So, hey, I, I believe Joel will be back tomorrow. We'll get back to the uh, the regular swing of things. 